0: You're listening to
1: Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic,
0: but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck.
1: Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Wherever you're watching or listening, thank you for being here. As always, I ask you guys, please hit that subscribe button. It means a lot to me. So whatever platform you're on, please hit that subscribe button. You guys are awesome. had a whole bunch I was going to talk about today, but the whole meat of today's podcast is, is an interview with Fox 13's Andrea Urban. And the interview was so fun. I just finished it, so I'm actually redoing the intro here. It was so fun and so good. I'm actually scrapping everything else I had, and I'll save it for another day, probably tomorrow. But... Amazing interview with Fox 13's Andrea Urban. She also is with Bear 101 here in Utah. So let's just jump right to it. Here's the interview. Andrea, welcome into STB Sports Take. Now, I know this is probably a really big deal for you. You're probably super nervous. I just want you to relax. You know, I know being on cameras makes you nervous, right?
0: Yes, yes. This is a (laughs) lot for me to handle. Thanks for having me on.
1: (laughs) No, for real. Thank you for being here. So I just learned that you are the only female sports reporter in Salt Lake. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that's correct. Of the TV station. So the Jazz, they do have a a female as their sideline reporter. But if we're talking, you know, ABC4 and Channel 2 and KSL and Fox 13, um, I'm actually the only female to represent for sports.
1: Very cool. What's that like? Is that, do you feel like some sort of responsibility (laughs) weight on your shoulders? Or is it just kind of a cool, fun fact? Or, I mean, maybe tell us a little bit more about
0: that. Yeah, I think at first it was like, oh, this is the girl. Like, does she know what she's doing? Like, cause I moved here, I guess a little bit over a year and a half ago. Um, and it was very like, you know, the people who who do this in Salt Lake City have been doing this for 25 years, you know, or or at least 10. And then you throw me in the mix, who's young female and not from Utah. And it was like, yeah, what is she going to know? But I'm the type of person who embraces um, that. And I find that as like, okay, well, I'm going to learn everything and I'm going to read about these teams and I'm going to, you know, just get the knowledge that takes, I know the sports, but it's the history of these teams. And I would go and talk to high school coaches and be like, Hey, what's up? I'm new here. Because I've learned that if you're just truthful with these athletes, even when you're asking Donovan Mitchell a question, if you're just like, you know what? I don't know what happened on that play. Like, can you explain that to me? Like they actually really respect that when you just don't try to pretend like you act like, you know, everything. Yeah. So I kind of just embraced that. And, uh, and then over time, I would say, honestly, six months time, it was like, okay, I'm settled here and I really like what's going on. And, uh, and it's been good ever since.
1: Yeah. And how long have you been in Utah anyway?
0: Uh, Probably over a year, just a year, over a year and a half. So I got here and, August of 2019. So I had eight months of sports without COVID
1: without COVID. And then it's been unique times for sure. So
0: unique zooms and on my couch when I used to, you know, be at Utah football practice, I used to drive out to Logan and go see the Utah state men's basketball team and, and all these things. And, uh, and all that is just now, uh, let me open up my zoom meeting and join.
1: Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, we really appreciate you being here. This is uh, this is really fun for me. So thank you. Um, I I had a, I have a whole list of questions for you, but first, the first one actually is i stalked your instagram and your bio says i'm probably taller than you so how tall are you
0: (laughs) so i'm actually uh six foot one
1: okay so i'm six one so we're right there i wonder who's there might be like a millimeter difference somewhere so six one did you did you play sports you must have played sports right yeah
0: i played volleyball volleyball um, of course for uh, i played a year at michigan state and then i kind of pursued i got an internship at a local tv station and i wasn't playing the amount of time that i I was good at volleyball, but I wasn't big 10 division one good. So I was like, okay, well now it's time for me to pursue my career. And like, so I could have continued to play volleyball, but it was more just like, you know what, let's like do what we're, what we're here to do. And Michigan state's campus brought so much opportunity and we had our own studio on campus and college game day came to town for football and basketball. And I was able to work with ESPN and I went to the little league world series. I was doing all these awesome things because Michigan state was able to introduce me to those things. So Um, so yeah, I did play a sport and I am six one. And it's funny because I interviewed some of these players like me and Donovan Mitchell are the same height. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, and and I'm taller than Mike Conley. Like, it's just, uh, are you how tall is what's,
1: what's Conley listed at? I don't even know. He's
0: probably six, six foot. Okay, but maybe five eleven. I'm not sure, but he's he's smaller than Donovan, and Donovan was listed as six three for a stretch there. I but know. he's he's they remeasured and he's not. And yeah, I can I can clarify. But he jumps like he's six <laughs> seven.
1: Yeah, he does, and he's got a wingspan of you know, like six seven as well. So
0: seriously, I no.
1: actually met him. Did you hear ever about the infamous, I guess famous really, uh, Fourth of July barbecue that Donovan Mitchell crashed? Did you ever hear about that story?
0: Oh yes, I was I, there.
1: I, um, and okay. I, so I've met Donovan, not, not to the extent that you have, but yeah, I can attest really? he's barely six one. I would say.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I always, I like to throw that out there. Cause it's always been funny when people meet me, they're like, you're a lot taller in person. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't know, you know, and then I'm on, yeah. and I'm on air and people will kind of write to me that I look tall, but they're not sure. And, um, and then back at the top, back in the day when I was single, I'd have, I'd have like sh- short men come up to me and I'd be like. Yeah, let me, let me just stand up really quick. And, you know, it's just because it's like, like I've been and sitting, like, Oh yeah. And it's always like, Oh, have a great night. See ya. Like, <laughs> so I've experienced all that, but it helps. So me.
1: Did it bother you or did you, were you worried it would bother them? The height difference?
0: Um, uh, it's most of those situations they didn't know because mm-hmm. I'd been sitting down and they had approached me or, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it, I would like, I'd prefer tall. And currently I'm dating someone who's significantly taller than me, but it's not the be all end all, but it was important to me because my whole life, I mean, in fifth grade, I was like five foot three and like, that's what people cap at. And, and and I was 10 years old, you know, I've always been just tall and lanky. And then I finally grew into my body as an adult. So, uh, so that's my thing. And I kind of embrace it. I'm the tall girl who's everywhere at every game. and, And that's what, that's what I do. So
1: that's cool. Love it. So, okay. So, one of the questions I always love to ask guests that I usually end with, but I want to start uh, there with you is memorable sports moments. So, I want to get two out of you. One, as a reporter, if you can think of one, like a very memorable, wow, and then one just like as a fan, if you have one. And if you've already got some prepared, because I know I mentioned this earlier, but let's hear memorable sports moments.
0: Yeah, let's do um, memorable sports moments as a fan first. So uh, it was my senior year at Michigan State and uh, I decided to go to the Michigan-Michigan State game at the big house so that's in ann arbor at yep. the university of michigan that stadium holds over a hundred thousand people and yeah. uh my senior year i'm with my mom and my dad and um it, it was the year of the fumbled punt I knew you were on the say last that. <laughs> play of the game uh unbelievable last play of the game uh it was uh my senior year at michigan state so i'm sitting there and i'm like we just lost to Michigan on my senior year, and I'm all sad. And I'm like sitting there. And my dad's like, Andrea, Andrea, Andrea. And like we I stand up, and like the punt is being picked up by Michigan State and returned for a touchdown to win in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, and it's counting down. And they win. And we're in the big house. So now all of a sudden it goes silent. And mm-hmm. all you hear is a couple of Michigan state like in the distance, like cheering, cause there's only so many of us and, and everyone just leaves and the guy goes over the PA and he's like, all right, Michigan state, uh, just beat Michigan. They won uh, please exit the stadium. And it, <laughs> and it was like, Oh my gosh. Like it was just, uh, it was one of the coolest things, uh, to be a part of. So That was awesome. And then, uh, memorable reporting real
1: real quick on that. I remember that game like very, very well. The second you started down the path of you went to Michigan state and I know, I know your age (laughs) and, and I was like, okay, she's going to say the fumbled. It was a botched for those. And I'm going to try and find the clip and put it in here, but it's a punt. It's the snap, right? They botched the snap. Whoa! he has trouble with the snap and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. That was just the wildest ending I cannot believe you were there in the stadium that in
0: the stadium I mean walking out of there me and my dad hand in hand like we just did something and it was just and done. nobody's messing
1: with you because you're the six foot one girl
0: Yeah, you know? <laughs> yep I'm the tough girl no I uh and I'm I cried because it was just a very it was a oh no we're gonna lose And then uh, that same season um Michigan State beat Ohio uh, ended Ohio State's undefeated streak on a field goal yeah. And it's the famous video of the kicker going, running around like this. And, yeah, yeah, uh, and that was, I was there too at the shoe. Wow. So it was a season of just amazing, um, fun. So that was really cool. Um, now for reporting, it's been kind of interesting because I got my start in Idaho in a small town called Pocatello. I spent yep. two years in Pocatello. And then, um, I actually convinced my boss in Idaho to send me to a jazz game Um, which I drove down from, and I covered a jazz game. And while I was at this one jazz game, I met Fox 13, Utah. And that's how I got my job. I mean, I'm fit for it, but it Mm -hmm. was being there in person and showing them that I can carry myself well and represent um, actually um, last is, is what got me down here. So then I was here for eight months and I'm gonna just talk about two because none of them have been like, I don't know. None of them have been like next level big, but I was at the Utah BYU um, holy war at BYU. And it was interesting because Francis Bernard, who I think went undrafted, but did sign as a free agent with someone Mm -hmm. um, he got kicked off of BYU's team. Uh, for reasons and then came to the University of Utah his senior year and had this big chip on his shoulder and blah 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 and I did a feature story on him and I was like all right man I wish you the best of luck you know good like it's gonna be cool and I was doing interviews with BYU as well but his storyline was really unique and against BYU in the holy war my first year here it was like 80 degrees out it was just awesome it was nighttime game Uh, Francis Bernard got a pick six and not just like any sort of pick six but like a big pick six, like, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and where he was running towards was my end zone. So I'm standing like right there with the camera and yeah. he picks it off and he starts running right at me and I'm just like taping it. And it was one of those like feelings over me where I was like, Oh my God, oh my God. like I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting the shot. Like, and, uh, and then he scored and he runs in the end zone like this. And it's of course at BYU. And I I don't care for, I'm I'm not a fan of either one. I report yeah. on both of them and I yeah. like the staff on both of those teams. And and that was a really cool moment because it was kind of one of those things where I was like, man, I'm a, I'm a real reporter. Like I'm out here, you know? Uh, so that was really cool. And then my other sports specific moment I would tell you is, um, actually last year when the jazz beat the Mavericks and uh, not last year, not 2020, but it would be 2019. It was a regular mm-hmm. season game, but it was uh, Luka Doncic and Chris Depp's Porzingis. And we're talking like a good Mavericks team and just like a jazz team. That's trying to prove themselves all the time. And this is not this year when they're number one, this is when they're in the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think they won just in the final minutes on like an awesome mm-hmm. shot. And, and, uh, and I got to go in the locker room back then before COVID yeah. and it was so cool to be in the locker room with the guys throwing water and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, that was just a regular season game, but it was a big win over a big team at the time. And, uh, just Vivin arena was packed and energe- energetic. And, um, and that was that was really, really cool for me to be a part of, because I was like, if this can keep happening, this is like what I will be doing. And yeah. And that's kind of what,
1: yeah, that's awesome. I love all of those. That is so cool. So with, with uh, just quick thought I had, as you were mentioning, you know, the locker room and COVID and stuff, have you heard anything? I know the jazz are letting more and more fans in now. I think we're up to 7,000. It's the most in the NBA. Do you have any sort of inside scoop on a schedule there as to, you know, are they hoping to get more people in the stands by playoff time or what's the what's the plan? Do you know?
0: Gosh, I, I literally have no idea. And it's changed so different for me too. Like I sit in a totally different spot and the media is like cornered and And we used to be able to kind of roam a little bit and we had a, a media room. Like I used to park in the back of the arena, like where the players park, like with all the like, you know, high-end vehicles. And I pull up in like my Fox 13 mobile and I'm just like, (laughs) Hey, you know, and I walk in there and, uh, and I used to be, you know, down in the tunnel and we used to eat down there and be in the locker room and all that's gone. Now I enter through like a side door of the arena upstairs and I just go straight to like a seated area where we're kind of cut off from everybody else. But um definitely it's been rising. And I know that I've spoken with um Jazz PR that it is important to them to continue to bring fans yeah. back. Because yeah. you see it in these players, man, when when they've got fans, they're doing their hands mm-hmm. and, and Donovan Mitchell's gonna make that shot and Jordan Clarkson's gonna be a little bit fancier because he, he feels the energy and yeah, and that's uh and that's what it's definitely important. But I don't have a I wish I had something to tell you there.
1: No, no, that's that's good. Um, so what do you think of the jazz this year? They're obviously first. I, I, I do my power rankings every week here on the podcast and the jazz have consistently been at the top or near the top. Uh, they're first in record first in point differential. They've got the best record against plus 500 teams. All the things are there to show that they're a top team, but deep down, I'm like, eh, come playoff time. I don't know if I believe they're going to be able to get past the Lakers team or if they get to the finals a Nets team, but I'm curious you're there, you're covering it first, you know, firsthand. What are your honest thoughts on the Jazz? And I know you got to be a little bit biased cuz you're in Utah reporting, but what are your um, honest thoughts?
0: <laughs> yeah, no no, and it's nice cuz I don't work for the Jazz unlike my yeah. friend who is their sideline reporter and and she does have to, you know, have that biased standpoint. I I do see the flaws and I also do see what we're great at. And what I love about Coach Quinn Snyder is that he doesn't need superstars to be great. He yeah. can bring in people like George Niang and Miy and names that you're like, where did these guys come from? Talk, and yeah. they work. I mean, Joe Ingalls is the perfect definition of that. When Joe Ingalls, Joe Ingalls got cut from the Clippers and then came to Utah and it was very like, well, we'll give this guy a shot. And now he's like one of the vets, and I think was averaging 50% from three, except recently. Um For the, for this entire season. So he was kind of that guy where, you know, he's not the Donovan Mitchell or the Rudy Gobert, but he still delivers. So Mm -hmm. my analysis of the jazz this season has been, um, has been that they thrive when, they're playing the best teams. They play up to that Mm -hmm. level. It's almost like when you're an athlete growing up and you get to play with the big kids, you play a little bit better. And then Mm -hmm. I find it interesting that almost like the jazz relax a little bit when, when a team like the wizards comes to town and they have this, you know, they're the 13th team in the East and the jazz are the one team in the West. And, and then the jazz just are kind of like, Oh, and, and, and shots are bricks. And it's like, Mm-hmm. Who's going to step up? Well, Donovan steps up every single night. So what I wanted from the Jazz this season was more players, more shooters willing to step up. And I think we saw that out of Jordan Clarkson when he puts up 40 off the bench. Yeah. Then all of a sudden the Jazz are frozen from 3. So it's a, it's it's definitely they're definitely a regular season team because we saw it in the 3-1 lead against the Nuggets in yeah. the bubble. So I have the same feeling. I love the jazz mm-hmm. and I totally think, cause they got out of it um, against the thunder. They were down and then they came out at half on top. Yeah. So I do believe that this season's team has the ability to pull through, but seven games in a row to, against the same team where you have yeah. to change your approach because you're playing the same team every night. Yeah that's where i do get worried and it's it's tough because everyone says okay the jazz are number one but they need to prove it in the postseason and the postseason is scary so yeah. um i do think they are good and i do think they are one of the best teams um i think the 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 ball sharing and the unselfishness and the long range shots when it's on it's unstoppable and if people want to stop the long range shots we got big man rudy gobert inside and Derek favors is a really good backup to Rudy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like the jazz and I do think that they're a top team in, uh, in the West, but I will say the, the playoffs concern me just from being here the last couple of years, I'm well aware that it takes a lot of effort for the jazz to make it through that first round.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. And, and I mean, obviously last year they did have the meltdown and I'm sure you saw Jamal Murray towards ACL the other day, which my is my God, so you know, awful. Bad. Yeah. Awful. awful. Um, does make the path a little bit easier, you know, for, for the yeah. Western conference. Cause they were ever since they signed Aaron Gordon, they were starting to really climb the ladder. It looked like in the West. Um, but who do you see as the biggest threats? Cause right now, I mean, the obvious answer is the Lakers, but right now they don't have LeBron or Anthony Davis. I'm assuming they're both going to come back as healthy as can be. And it's, I- I'm guessing they're probably healthy right now. They're just taking right. extra precautions to make sure right. that they can just steamroll through the West. But what are your, wh- who do you see as the biggest threats? The Clippers, are they, are they a threat? Or are they not? What do you think?
0: Um, we're talking West only because yeah, I West, do West think, only, yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, I kind of want to look at the standings really quick because I would like also the Suns, say, the
1: Suns are second behind us.
0: Yep. But yep. I just don't know wow. if I'm
1: that scared of them for some reason. I don't know why. Really?
0: Because I think Devin Booker and Chris Paul together I know. are so good. I just and they're like very
1: Paul.
0: well, I mean, <laughs> nobody really loves CP3. Um, here's the thing is is the the, the sons are very similar to the jazz to yeah. where nobody expects them to be doing it. And the fact that they are, it kind yeah. of fuels them a little bit more. Good um, point. I don't know if the, if the sons or necessarily the jazz are like, are going to be national, you know, fi- like finals contenders, but I think that mm-hmm. they can be Western finals contenders, maybe not, yeah. you know, the finals. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now with Jamal Murray out and that's, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it sucks. The, yeah it sucks because he goes down, you feel bad for him. And then our first thought is, well, it makes it easier on the job. Like, <laughs> like, it's it's crazy how that, that's how it works. And I never wish injury upon anyone. No. But if we're looking at it, I mean, the Suns are only a game and a half back from the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, Lakers are definitely that team though who's going to rest everyone until they're 100%. Yeah. They kind of, I'm always kind of like, what are you up to? So I'm going to (laughs) say Lakers and sons um, because I think Devin Booker is a problem. And when he's on, he can win himself a game, the game. And then if Chris Paul can be on with him and there's more to the team, but those two are the two that you give the ball to in those final minutes. Mm -hmm. And that was, goes back to the jazz. We have Donovan, but who's that other guy that we're going to give that ball to? It was Boyan Bogdanovich rusty from his wrist surgery. It could be Mike Conley not as consistent so yeah. so we need that Clarkson yeah Jordan Jordan but, or Joe I mean honestly Joe is so chill Joe is just chill he looks lazy but it's really just he finds the most efficient way to get to the hoop
1: yeah That's I awesome. like we, we've got a we've got a very deep well-rounded team for sure shooters everywhere I do think we're lacking one more Donovan type player like one more yep. reliable star but yep. We'll see. I mean, I'm interested to see what happens. So you mentioned a couple things. Um, yeah. One was uh Quinn Snyder and another one was Jordan Clarkson. And you didn't mention, you mentioned Rudy, but i I had a note here that I feel like we should be expecting coach of the year, defensive player of the year, six man of the year. Yes. Um, maybe that's just wishful thinking as a jazz fan, but I mean, I don't see how you could deny Jordan Clarkson and Quinn Snyder. Rudy to me is, is the obvious choice, but sometimes the media gets sick of voting for him over and over. So they're like, now there's all this Ben Simmons talk, but what are your thoughts on those three awards?
0: Yeah. um, Without a doubt, without a doubt, Jordan Clarkson needs to be sixth man of the year. I mean, he is such a, a difference maker and he's so nimble and just like, I mean, you could seriously give him the ball and he's going to confuse you and go, even when I'm shooting the game, cause I shoot my own video of these games. Sometimes I'm like, wait, where, where is he going? Like, cause he just <laughs> is all over the place. And I love, <laughs> and I love that about him. Um, so I think without a doubt, we should see a six man of the year for Jordan and uh, coach of the year for Quinn. He's already been month, uh, coach of the month twice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's led the jazz to an 11 game win streak, their longest ever and, uh, they had two nine-game win streaks this season, which is actually their next longest ever. Mm-hmm. So, um, and if you remember or I don't know, Derek Favors, he said the reason why he came back was because he wanted to play with Coach Quinn. Mm-hmm. So I think Quinn deserves Coach of the Year without a doubt. And he was the Western Conference all-star game coach. So shout out there. Now I didn't mention Rudy Gobert because um I love I really love what Rudy Gobert brings to the team. I just think that when we're thinking about winning big games, yeah. Rudy's going to make a difference defensively, defensively. but we're, who's going to who's going to make that final shot? So I didn't mention him earlier, but Rudy's averaging a double-double this season. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in a couple of years, he's actually getting those offensive boards and mm-hmm. he's actually creating plays. I mean, I saw it yesterday. He got an he got an offensive board, sent it out to jo- George Niang. George Niang makes the three and it was a pairing that you don't necessarily always see, but Rudy is not just turning to the pick and roll all the yeah. time and not just turning to, I got the ball. Let me throw it. Like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. he's, he's thinking he's smarter. He's more nimble. And for seven foot one, he's starting to play more athletically. Um, yeah. So I do think Rudy can be a deep boy. I mean, it isn't, I've actually looked at the percentages and I don't have them off the top of my head, but the difference of when Rudy Gobert is in the game, astronomical difference. On oh. the defensive end.
1: I've said so many times on this podcast to me, it's, it's not even close who affects the game defensively. Like I get that. It's cool to say that Ben Simmons, that's another question I had here is if there's a rivalry coming between the jazz and the, and the Sixers, even though we're in different conferences, thousands of miles apart, but Ben Simmons, it's like, cool to be like, Oh, like he can defend one through five. Well, first of all, no, he can't, he cannot defend a five. He might, you know, he could maybe defend one through three, maybe, maybe some fours, but there's no chance he's defending a five, but in the end, like, it, that just doesn't matter to me who's affecting the game more yeah. defensively. And to me, it's Rudy because he's averaging a career high in blocks. And what doesn't go on the stat sheet is the number of times people don't drive the lane because they know he's sitting there. They, you know, the he, He's just completely changing the outcome of the game. So I think he's the shoe-in defensive player of the year. I feel like he's probably not going to win it because it's just he's already won two of them. So they just want to give it to someone else, I guess. I don't Politics.
0: know. Politics. Yeah. I um I actually was just gonna say Rudy's the type of guy who doesn't get on the stat sheet. Um I love watching the difference he makes by just having his arms out and he's just turning side to side and and yeah. everybody's going, Well, I'll just stay out here because <laughs> Uh, they call it the Godzilla factor on AT&T Sportsnet. And I mean, it's true and it's there. And, uh, and whether you get blocked by him or not, it's the feeling of approaching him and trying to make that shot. And that's why yep. when people do make the shot, they get all like, I just, I'm the best because I just scored on him. And it's like, okay, well, you're just clarifying how much of a problem he is for you because you're enjoying that a little too much, you yep. know? So uh, I definitely think all three of those rewards or awards, sorry, are necessary. Yeah, no. And I, I understand
1: that from, uh, so I was a very average high school basketball player. So this is a unique example, but we had, we, we, there was a team in our region that we played that had two guys that were like six, eight, which for high school, that's pretty freaking big, right?
0: Very much, Um, And I'm
1: six one, you know, again, I'm an average white guy playing basketball in high school. And we have a, we have a, a team where there's two guys that are six, eight, and they just did this zone where they just went down there and just were like, doing what you're talking about with Rudy, just their arms out. And my game was kind of to try and get into the lane and, and, you know, drive in. And it was like impossible. It was like a a wall had been built in front of the hoop. And so I think people underestimate just how much of an impact Rudy has just by his sheer size. And I don't think he should be penalized as if it's like, people are like, well, it's easier for him to play defense because he's just tall and long. Well, that's fine. He's still, he's still getting it done, you know? Well, and so. he's still
0: getting it done. And then that goes back to his athleticism. I mean, we've seen Rudy grow and change a lot, but you look at some of these guys who are six, eight, six, nine, and they just don't move well. Mm-hmm. And, and I yeah. think Rudy is finally moving well, and he's not afraid to go strong at the hoop. I mean, you saw it when he posterized Giannis Antetokounmpo, he, that was not the Rudy that we would see yeah. in previous seasons. And that Rudy right there getting up makes me go, okay, he's grown up and he's actually a problem now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So real quick about the 76ers thing. Do you, do you see any rivalry there? Did you hear anything? Cause there's, obviously there's the, the Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, you know, Ben Simmons wins his fake rookie, rookie of the year. Yep. And then, and now there's the Rudy Gobert versus Ben Simmons, who's defensive player of the year. Then there's the Joel Embiid versus Rudy Gobert is there a rivalry there?
0: I totally feel it. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure if the fan base is, is into it. Um, I haven't really been able to check the Twitter world because that's where it seems to all go down. But when I was watching the series, when the jazz beat them at home and then lost to them on the road, um, it was, it it's, it's, they're the type of team where it's like, we're just as good as you and you think you're better than us, but we're just as good. So we're going to like get a little chippy and it got really chippy and Joel Embiid loves to be chippy. So it's like, okay, you know, but I felt it even with Tobias Harris, I felt it with all those guys where it was kind of a little bit of a, a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder and a little bit more of a, well, you think you run it over here. Well, let's show you that you don't run it over here. Um, yeah. I definitely can feel that. And I definitely can feel the drama. Um, I think Ben Simmons just likes that drama. I mean, he's very yeah. into the world of dating the supermodels and stuff like yeah. that. And, yeah. and when and when you're that kind of basketball player, like that's what I love about like small market teams is it allows you to just play basketball. Mm-hmm. But when you are that kind of player and you date and you're the Blake Griffins and you're all those guys that, are, that have the almost- celebrity to on the, not beyond the NBA player. Um, I think you always have some sort of ego to you. So, uh, I do definitely see a little bit of a rivalry there. Um, but I do think that if we're talking just territorial, that the nuggets are still the top rivalry, especially after what they did to us last year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's interesting stuff. Okay. I want to transition. We've only got just a little bit left. Um, I want to transition to BYU. Obviously, yeah. uh, Zach Wilson, you sent me a video which I'm going to show with your permission. Yeah, um, that you shot of his pro day. So you were there at the Zach yeah. Wilson pro day, and this is a big deal in the state of Utah. This will be, the, I mean, Zach. Uh, well, Alex Smith went number one overall years ago from the U. Um, yeah, but other than that, this will be like the highest draft pick, certainly the BYU's ever had in um, BYU history. Yeah,
0: the the highest was number five, and I'm blanking Z- on his
1: Ziggy Ansa. Uh, was it? i, I yes. believe it was yeah i'm pretty okay was, i thought a there was years ago
0: yes okay so so zach would be the highest in byu history yeah if he goes number two mm-hmm. um and i think he's going to go number two because the jets just got rid of sam darnold and yeah when you do that and then you don't really have any other uh quarterbacks of you know on the roster it's it's you're going to go for zach wilson so i think it's set in stone that zach will be number two but um, yeah, so they only allowed one media member from each outlet mm-hmm. at the jazz game, and I was the lucky one. Or sorry, jazz uh, game. We just switched from that. Yeah. BYU Pro Day, <laughs> uh, and uh, and I was the lucky one to go. And it was a early day. I mean, I was down in Provo by 8 a.m. and um and I live in downtown Salt Lake City, and mm-hmm. but it was one of those things where you wake up and you're like, "Ooh, this is a fun day." And yeah, and it was crazy, the energy and the amount of pros. So, um, I think there was two pros from every team, except the Rams, because the Rams decided not to travel with COVID. So think about two pros per every team. That's at least, um, 55, almost 60 pro, uh, pro scouts. And uh, it helps because there was BYU players, twenty BYU players, trying to be seen. So mm-hmm. Zach helped not only himself but also all of his teammates to be noticed. Yep. Um, Brady Christensen is also someone to mention too. He's an offensive lineman for BYU. He probably will go in the first round as well. Um, he's one of the most athletically large built, not. Thick or fat at all. I mean scary strong and moves mm-hmm. fast. Got one of the faster 40s for offensive linemen. But um, but yeah, so Zach sat out of all of the tests except his position group. Mm-hmm. And when Zach began to throw, the entire indoor facility was dead silent. I mean silent. It was like, I was like, gosh, like this is a huge deal right now. Like you could just tell the NFL uh, network was there. ESPN was there. And uh, of course I was there for local news, but I'm always like, Hey, ESPN, I'm Andrea, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, meet me. But, um, but Zach is calm, cool, collected and confident. And when I've got to work with Zach, um, he's always kind and he's very filtered because he's got a lot on the line here and, and I know BYU has trained him to, to deliver his answers correctly. And, um, and I always love kind of grabbing Zach off on the side and being like, Hey man, like what, what are you actually feeling like? And maybe cameras off or cameras on either way. Um, I really try to do that with a lot of the athletes, because I know that when they see the camera and the mic, they immediately become defensive. But I think through my whole experience with Zach, he has been, uh, kind and well-spoken and doesn't ever you know, dust you off. He's always giving you what you need as a journalist. And, and as his game, I think he's great. I think it's unfair to judge off of the coastal Carolina loss. And I think it's unfair to judge off of their, you know, remade 2020 season. They played more games than anyone in the entire nation. Like whether it was easy teams or not they somehow stayed healthy enough to continue to play football games and Zach continued to score and make plays. So, um, I think Zach is living up to his hype. And I think that when you hate on him, it's really maybe because you're a Ute fan deep down, you don't want BYU to have their shine, but you've had your shine Utes. I mean, you guys were, you seven guys were drafted last year. Um, and I think Zach Wilson is who he is.
1: That's amazing. So two things came to mind as you were talking there. One, uh, with the height thing, he's listed at six, three, is he six, three? Definitely. He is. Okay. Definitely. that's, a, that's kind of a big deal with quarterback. You'd, I mean, there's drew breezes out there that can be shorter and really get it yeah. done, but for the most part, most quarter, most prototypical quarterbacks are like six, three and up.
0: He's definitely taller than me. Um, okay. and he has a, a big like shoulder and chest area to where mm-hmm. he almost like comes off as a little bit bigger because how he walks by is like very straight up. And um, I would say he's not, you know, if anything, I, I could say maybe he's a, a high six, two, but I, I definitely was standing right next to him. Cause during, mm-hmm. um, during the guys's vertical, Zach was just like walking around with headphones on and, and he was right next to me and he was, he was taller than me.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Um, <laughs> And then the other thing was, I mean, everyone—you—you you kind of answered the question already. Actually, you said everyone was just silent and just glued in. Did you hear any chatter where were guys just like salivating over this guy, or did they just kind of stay silent, take their notes, or was it um, was it like a feeding frenzy? Like, okay, yeah, we got to get this guy.
0: It was definitely silent until the the catch was made. So so it's you know execution. Is that the one like, you got on
1: on film, by the way, or is it? A- yeah.
0: I got, so I got every, I got everything on film, but that was the viral play, which is why I sent it to you is because everyone was like, oh my gosh, look at this amazing, you know, he's throwing across his body, he's falling to the left and, and then he nails his, you know, target downfield and whatever it is. And, um, and I shot that video as well. So I was sure to tweet it and be like, here's my, you know, version of it or whatever. It's a different
1: angle. And I like it
0: different angle and also different way of shooting it. Because when you're the NFL network, you got one big camera up top. And you're just shooting it wide and I'm following the physical ball, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and following like a levahifo on the other end. Um, but beyond just that catch, even when I'm shooting it, the ball moves so fast and so like spirally that even <laughs> when I'm shooting it, I'm like wow like it is, it's just moving. Like, I mean, dime after dime after dime. And even on the ones that he did miss, it was more the receiver's hands, not able to, to get a hold of the speed of that ball. So um, wow. there was cheering when the ball was caught, but silence up to that point. And then let's say they run, you know, some sort of round, they're going down the sideline and then they catch the ball and everyone goes, yeah, and cheers and they drop it. I mean, it is it was very like, we're supportive, but we're giving you your chance. And uh, so who,
1: who's cheering are the scouts cheering or is it his teammates and other family members? Or are the, are these grown men, no, NFL scouts cheering? No,
0: my God, I should have. Yeah. No scouts don't, scouts don't make any noise. Um, okay. It was uh, every BYU player was allowed to be there. If you were on the team, you're allowed yeah. to be there. So Isaac Rex was there. Baylor Romney was there. I mean, you saw the guys from the current team there and then um, they have family allowed in there. And then that was it. So, okay. The cheering was definitely family and uh, teammates, teammates. Yeah, but okay. it was worth it. Some of them that they cheered on. I was like, okay, now you're just doing a little much, <laughs> but, uh, but also a lot of them were like, okay, wow, that was cool. And, and it was really cool to be a part of. And if you watch the NFL draft stuff, I'm in the background, I'm in like a blue coat. It's, it's, it's really cool. But one day, hopefully I could just be the reporter on the camera. And
1: yeah. Well, what a cool experience. So last question. And um, thank you, by the way, for doing this. This has been really, really cool. So thank you. Yeah,
0: of course. Um,
1: With regards to Zach Wilson, I've been saying he he should want to go third. He should want to go to the 49ers. It's a better system. It's a better franchise. It's he, he can sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo until Garoppolo gets injured, which he probably will. But I look at like a Patrick Mahomes. He sat for a season. And then they got rid of Alex Smith in Kansas city and Patrick Mahomes just went gangbusters, you know, Aaron Rodgers, yep. same thing in green Bay. Yep. Uh, excuse me. Tom Brady did the same thing behind drew Bledsoe in new England. Like there's so many great quarterbacks where if they sit for a year and watch and learn they're better off, the jets are kind of like a proven dysfunctional franchise. If I was Zach Wilson, I would want to go third to the 49ers. Cause you're still going to get tons of money. You'll probably get more long-term if you're end up being more successful. So anyway, I just want your thoughts on that. If he should go second or third, does he care? Have you heard anything? What are your thoughts on all all that?
0: He does not say anything. So when we interviewed him on pro day, he was very like, I'll be excited. I'll I'll, I'll be happy to play with any franchise. I'll be happy to play with any team that drafts me. You know, he has to do that. Um, I was, I think the same thing also, because Mm -hmm. you see it with Joe Burrow. I mean, when you take over a team that's dysfunctional and their offensive line can't protect you, Mm -hmm. you're going to get hit and you're going to get hurt. I think that, um, comes with the territory when you're the quarterback and when you're the, when you're the young quarterback that everybody wants, you're either going to get that chance to rest similar to Jordan love what he's going through at green mm. Bay, um, or you're going to be put on blast and probably end up injured. Uh, definitely the better choice would be the 49ers for Zach, but the better choice for the New York jets. And guess what? They come up first. Yeah is to pick Zach Wilson. So he's going to thrive either way. And, um, I'm knocking on wood right now because Zach Wilson is not injury prone. I mean, he did have shoulder surgery, but that healed. And I mean, it's back and working better than ever. So for safety reasons, it would be better for him to just learn and be back. But, um, I also feel like if he can be protected from his team and if the jets can turn this train around, um, Zach can be great, but injury is definitely a scary thing. And I totally see what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrea, this has been awesome. Thank you. Andrea yeah. urban Fox 13 news. This is yep. a real pleasure. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Again, thank you, Andrea. That was awesome. Such a fun interview. So much personality. So many great stories. Very intelligent. Loved every second of that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Give her a follow on Twitter, guys. It's Andrea Urban TV on Twitter. And I'll put it here on the screen for those on YouTube. And, and after the interview was over, she actually had some more really cool stories that I'm going to let her save for another time. I told her we're going to invite her back. She's already accepted, so we'll have her back shortly, probably you know come playoff time or something like that. But thank you, Andrea. And, guys, that's all I have for today. Um, you guys are amazing. I will see you mañana. I am out. Peace. We got
0: the we got
1: the Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Tank. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out STB Sports Tank. .com simply the best in sports
0: yeah,